Awesome, awesome. Man, that worship is incredible. We're going to worship a little bit um, after I get uh, done for the next couple minutes. How you feeling, everybody? Feeling good? It's so good to see each and every one of you here this morning. How, uh, how, how are you feeling, really? You feeling good, good that you're in church this morning? Good, all right. Awesome. Hey, uh, uh, happy Vision Sunday. This is a, a marker for our church. This is a, a Sunday where we feel like, man, God, help us get a great understanding of what you want to do in not only our church's life, but we're praying for yours personally as well, that we believe that God's going to use this Sunday to give direction and give illumination. And I, I'm praying that uh, that would happen for each and every one of us. If you're here for the very first time, you're watching online for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here in the room or you're watching online. Come on, give a huge hand for all of our first time. Come on, church, huge hand. We're so glad you're here this morning. So glad that you uh, took a moment this morning to make sure to be in the room or watching online. If it's your first time, we really want to connect with you, and we'll talk more about that at the end of service. But I want you to know that we've been praying for you and believe that this is just not a church that you can attend, but a church that you can belong to and believe that you can find family and forever friends and people that actually will champion you and encourage you. We believe that that is here right here at this church. And we also believe that your life will be better and better the more and more that you plant yourself in God's house, because we believe the scripture when it says those who are planted in the house of God flourish. So what that means is when you plant yourself when you actually commit to a church family that God does something in your life and brings about blessing that you could not do yourself and so we're believing that would happen for each and every one of you We've been praying about this Sunday for a, a while now and I, I remember I remember when I was in high school I had a, a economic teacher who uh, he he was trying to teach our class uh, some things. So he brought out. Now you know this is this is a while ago when I was in high school, not too long ago because I'm pretty young and spry. But uh, I, you know, it was a little bit ago. And um, my economic teacher was uh, he brought out a can of Pepsi, and he was like, "Who wants to get this?" Now no one, you couldn't have Pepsi in class. You can only have some water. And uh, this is before you know, like everybody had water bottles and Stanleys, and people were beating up people to steal their Stanley and all that stuff. But, you know, he brought out a Pepsi, and everybody's like, whoa, I want that Pepsi. He's like, all right, I'm going to start it at 50 cents. At 50 cents, 50 cents, you know, and everybody, you know, in high school, everybody's got money to burn because they're not paying a mortgage. And so they're, like, starting to uh, to bid on this Pepsi, and he sold it for, like, seven bucks, you know. And I'm thinking, dude, you're an economics teacher, and you're just ripping off high school students. Like, what are, what are you doing? He sold it for, like, seven bucks. And then he brought out, like, four other cans of Pepsi, and he's like, uh, and, and, and he was like, okay, now I'm going to auction these off. And he, started, uh, and he sold them for like a buck a piece. And he was like, I, I want you to see something. And the one who spent seven bucks on a Pepsi was thinking, I'm an idiot. And everybody else is drinking the one that tossed him a buck. And they're like, dude, I, I, I made out like a bandit. And he was trying to teach the class supply and demand. Like that's what he was, he was trying to do. And so, you know, in high school, you don't really care. You just want to. Pepsi. And it, but you're, you know, he was trying to teach you something. But I, I also thought about something else that happens with the supply and demand. That is a part of human nature. 
that when you feel like you don't have a lot, you really try to ramp up attention. You try to, when you don't have a lot, you're like, okay, I got to get this. I got to, you know, there's a lot more excitement about when you don't have a lot. But when you have a lot, when you have a lot of Pepsis, people chill. People just, they, they were like, you know, like, because, man, when we had the one Pepsi, everybody's like, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. You know, they're like, they're going nuts. But when they have four Pepsis in front of them, they're like, 75 cents. Because there was this chill. Why? Because they had a lot. And there's something that goes on in our hearts when we feel like we have a lot or when we feel like there's a lot in us, we, uh, we, we kind of back off. Now, I've heard so many messages about how to deal with with stuff when you don't have a lot. So what happens is, especially in church, we, we hear lots of messages that are all around, like, what do you do when you don't have a lot? And so a lot of those messages, especially when Jesus was talking about stories, he was talking, uh, he would talk a lot about the soil. And so he would use these stories about dirt and soil and talk about these things and, and, and those things are super important. And the soil is important. They're, without the soil, things don't grow. And so what Jesus did, he's like, okay, uh, I, I want to talk about this idea. And so we get trained a lot of time in the art of working with nothing. Like a lot of us have been trained and heard messages in the art of when we have nothing. And so we're good with the idea of when we have nothing. But I want to talk about the idea of the problem with plenty. So, so the problem with plenty is that when you feel like you've got a lot or when you even have something in your hand, we don't know what to do with it. We know what to do with nothing, but we don't know how to handle harvest. Let me, let me read this. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13 talks about the soil. Some of us have heard this. If you've been at church, maybe you've heard this before. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. He told many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. He scattered them across the field. Some seeds fell on a footpath. Birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. So he's all about dirt right now. He's all about soil. But the plants too wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they die. And so you, you see how the soil is so important. Come on, church. The soil is important. This is where things grow. And so we talk about, how, okay, what soil? How, who are we as soil? Other seeds fell amongst thorns that grew up, choked out tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. So that story, so many of us have heard everything about the soil. But what do you do with the harvest? 30, 60, 100. 
how do you handle harvest? Some of us have never even thought about this. We know how to work the ground. We're great dirt farmers. We know how to work things or believe for things when we don't see anything. But the moment the first shoot comes up, the moment the first ear falls off the corn and you're like, wow, I've got harvest, 30, 60, 100 full. What do you do with harvest? Or say it better, what do you do with what God has given you? Because this is very important when you start realizing that Jesus actually talked to his disciples and said the harvest is what? Harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, meaning like there's a lot, 30, 60, 100 full. What do you do with that? And so as, as I was praying about this, I felt like God gave me a word for our church and gave me a word for this year and gave me a word that would say, hey, for this year, I want New Heart Church to dig down deep into this word. And it's this word, efficient, 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 nothing wasted, always fruitful, nothing wasted, always fruitful, efficient. What are you going to do with what God has put in your hands? This is very important because a lot of us, we're all, we're good at praying, God, give me. God, break open the heavens, pour it out on me. God, do this thing in my family. Do this thing in my finances. God, do this and that. And God would look and say, what are you doing with what I have already given you? God, I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about what I don't have. Right? My daughter loves those little squeezy vegetable packets. We love them, too, because the only way we can get vegetables and fruit in her mouth. So she's on a strictly liquid diet probably till she's 19. And so she, 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 now listen, she's gotten to the point now where she knows where it is in the pantry and she can self-serve. Now, listen, a toddler self-serving is not, it, it sounds great. But here's what she does. She goes in there. She gets a packet. She'll get you. She'll open, open. So you open it up. She'll take two sips. Put it to the side. Go back to the pantry. Open up. Grab another one. Open, open. I'm like, and I try to hand her the one that she already has open. She no. I need a new one. She, she, she won't touch that one until she gets this. So you open it up. She takes two sips. All of a sudden, we got 12 used packets all over the house. And she's like living her best life. And I'm like dying because of all this waste. Right? Ain't no big deal to her. She's just going to go back in the pantry and get another one. She doesn't care. She got no job. She, she's fine. She's like, hey, my dad's got it. My mom's got it like that. We, got, we, make, it, we make veggie pouches rain up in here. We, we, we got all the, all the packets for all the time. She doesn't care about that. She can just get another one. What do I care about? I care about, can you please just use what I gave you first? 
And I wonder if God the Father is looking at us and saying, listen, I want to bless you, but can you use what I gave you first? Can you, can you please use that first? Can you be, come on, church, can you be efficient with what God's given you? Oh, I, I, I know efficient might not be the, you know, my number. Oh, we're speaking to mountains. We're going to go through the valley. We're going to do this thing. Come on, baby. You know, listen, this might be exactly what we need this year. This might be the word that's going to break everything that you need. This might be the word that you need to break everything in your life. This might be the word that God has been putting in the background of your mind, and you could never put a finger on it. But now that you heard it, you're like, whoa, this is it. This is what God is at to be efficient in my marriage, to be efficient in my family, be efficient in my finance, to be efficient in my health, to be efficient at church, to be efficient with my time, to be efficient with everything that God has blessed me. So don't get it twisted. God has blessed you. God has blessed you. Matthew chapter 25, verse 16, said the servant... Jesus is talking here. He's giving that, an illustration of God to us. He says, the servant who received the five bags of silver. See, he got five bags of silver from the master, and the master being God at this moment. He got five bags of silver, began to invest some money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, master returned from his trip, called them to give an account of how he had used his money. Or translation, let's talk efficiency. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. Master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling a small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Interesting to me that the others, first thing they said, Master, you gave me. Master, you gave me. And then this servant said, I know you're harsh. So you got two who say, God, you're a giver. And then the other one says, God, you're harsh. And the one who said he was harsh, did he not get something from God as well? So you have two who understood God as a giver. And they were efficient. You have one who said, God, you're harsh. And maybe he said he's harsh because he was comparing himself to the other two servants. You gave them more. You didn't give me what they got. God, I know you was harsh 
I know you were a harsh man, harvesting crops where you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. Fear will never help you be efficient. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant, gather crops, I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. Then he would take the money from this servant, give it to the one who has 10 bags of silver. To those who are efficient, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who are not efficient, even what little they have will be taken away. Efficiency, come on, church, efficiency is paramount in our lives. And, and, and it's not just for this year. This is something that is paramount for your life. But I believe specifically for our church, come on, that being efficient is something that God wants us to look at with a magnifying glass this year. And to say, okay, I'm going to look at my life through this lens because you cannot, you can be accidentally wasteful, but you cannot be accidentally efficient. You can be accidentally wasteful, but you cannot be accidentally efficient. You got a plan to be efficient. Come on, church. You got to look at it and say, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. And come hell or high water, I'm going to walk through this plan right here and use what God has given me. And I'm not going to bury it. And I'm not going to push it aside. This is the moment that we need to see okay I want to actually make a plan on how can I be efficient and I'm not gonna fall back accidentally into being efficient because there's two things that we do a lot of times that keep us from efficiency one of them is we act like it's not there some of you when I said God has blessed you you're looking back at me like no he hasn't Because it's not five bags of silver. It's only one. No, no, no. He hasn't done this in my finances. He hasn't done it yet. He hasn't done it. And so you look through the lens of lack. Well, I don't have this kind of. And and listen, you know where lack starts to build the most is when you compare yourselves to others. Well, look at that servant who had five bags. I only got one bag. Look at that servant who's got two bags. I only got one bag. I got nothing. No, everybody got something from God. And the moment that you start realizing that you have something from God is the moment that you can be efficient with it. But the intent, the continuing that I've got nothing and God hasn't done anything in my marriage and God hasn't done anything in my family and God hasn't done anything in my future and I have nothing and I don't got that promotion for my job and I don't got a place to live. I don't have a place to call home. I don't have friends that I can call. I don't have anything. God, when are you going to bless me? The moment you get out of seeing lack all over your life and the moment you can start seeing what you do have is the moment you can be efficient with it. But I believe that what this servant looked at one bag and said, it's, it's, not even some, it's not even a lot. What can I do with this? I've had two. 
It might be different. So I'd be real careful about how you look at your job right now. I'd be real careful about the way you look about your spouse. I'd be really careful about the way you look at your church. I'd be real careful about how you look at your family and your kids and what God has blessed you with. And every time you look at that bank account, you wish that it had another zero to it. Come on. Some of you are like, no, a couple zeros. Please, please. I I don't like counting cents. I like to count dollars. Like you're looking at it as, but God has given you something. God has given you something. And the moment that you realize that is a moment you can be thankful for it. And when you're thankful, come on church, when you're thankful for something, then you can be responsible for it. But until you're thankful for it, you won't be responsible for it. And so God, thank me. Thank thank you for what you've blessed me with. I'm going to get off the train of thinking, well, when I get this then. Stop. Ben, stop. Stop, Ben. Stop. When I get this then. Stop doing that. I've got all that I've got right now. God, what can you do with what I have right now? I've got a full hand of stuff, and I'm going to stop looking at what I don't have and look at what I do have. And at this moment, it's going to help me be more efficient because I will tell you, if it's not that you look at stuff and you think, well, I don't even have it, you also will look at stuff and think, well, I just need to guard it. And so I'm going to bury it because then no one can touch it because you've been burned before. Come on. Some of y'all have been burned before and somebody took something from you. And so you look at everybody as they're going to they're going to hurt me. They're going to pull something from me. What are they going to take from me? What are they going and and you see everybody as takers. And so what you do is you bury your stuff so deep in your life. You won't share your bank account, you won't share your marriage, you won't share your time, you won't share your talent, you won't share none of those things that God has blessed you with because why? Because somebody way back in the day took something from you and all you see is takers all around you. And so it is squishing out your generosity, and I'm telling you right now, it's squishing out your efficiency. Because you can't use what you bury. You can't use what you bury. And I'll I'll say this too. Understand that, what what did this guy do? He, He buried it. And I was thinking, oh, Maybe all we're used to is dirt. And so we're just going to go back to dirt because all I'm used to is dirt. And there's a difference between burying something and planting something. And the difference is expectation. What, what do you expect out of something? Because if you, if you plant something, you're expecting a harvest. But if you bury something, you're saying death to that thing death to that. 
And so some of you buried your calling. I used, I used to be like this. I used to serve in church like this. I used to be all up in the place. I used to be up front worshiping and all that. But the cynicism has got you and the takers have got you and the hurt has got you. Oh, and you're playing like you're healed. But you ain't healed. You buried that thing way down deep and you're sitting back and you got glue all over your backside in that church seat. And you're sitting back and you're like, I ain't moving for nothing. Listen, I'll be here, but I ain't going to do it because the moment I step forward is the moment I can lose something but the moment you step forward is when God could actually do something and so the moment is gonna have to get to where you're like I gotta I gotta get out of this I gotta get the dirt off of my body I gotta take the dirt off of my face I gotta get out of this grave and get into something new because God's got something for my life and I'm not about to be put over in dirt taking my calling away from me because I know God has something in the future for me and Man, am I going to use it. Man, am I going to be efficient with it. Man, am I going to let God do what he only can do. Because the moment I get it out of the dirt, the moment God says, that's it, let's work with that thing. Let's do something with it. It's been too long that you've been having that thing buried and saying that thing's just death. Because the moment you can get out of that is the moment you start understanding. Come on, church. You start seeing the attributes of God. Because you've been hearing me talk about, okay, let's be efficient. Do you know why? Because God's been efficient with you. God has been efficient with you. This is who God is. He has not let one thing go to waste in your life. And he's always been fruitful in your life. This is who God is. Let me, let me, I, I was blown away when I saw this scripture. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. The story that we all know is Jesus feeding the 5,000. Look at John 6, 12. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. We know the story of Jesus fed the 5,000. But I want to pull our attention to that Jesus sees the leftovers and says, pull those together too, because I don't want anything to be wasted. There's an efficiency in God that sometimes we miss. There's an efficiency in Jesus that sometimes we miss. There's an efficiency in the power of the Holy Spirit that sometimes we miss. And there are things that have been on the outside of our blessing that we haven't even seen. And that God is saying, I'm going to use those things. I'm going to use the leftovers. I'm going to use the things that after everybody was full, I'm going to use those things as well. So don't get it twisted. I need those as well because nothing is going to go to waste because there's been a lot of things that maybe God has said the same thing to you that Jesus said to his disciples, don't let it go to waste because some of us have tried to push some things away in our life. 
that God says, don't let that go to waste. Good things and bad things. And as I was thinking through this, I thought, and praying through this, I realized just how efficient God has been in my life and how efficient he has been with me. And I couldn't get away from that scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Translation, and we know God is efficient with us. God has caused everything to work to get. Can I talk uh, just a little bit about that? Come on, everybody. Let's stand to our feet because we're about to worship and have some time with the Lord. Like, literally, we're going to, like, have some moment where we can really let God speak to you. And I believe that there's going to be some deeper work that God's going to do during this worship moment. But this scripture says we believe God works everything, everything. That everything means everything. The good you've gone through and the bad, the breakups, the hurt, the bitter stuff that you've tried to push away, the things that felt like they were a stab to your heart, the things that felt like they were a mountain that were overwhelming to you, the things that seemed so dark that you were never going to see the light, the things that seemed like I'm never going to get out of this thing, I'm never going to get out of this, the doom wheel that you keep going over and over and over, God says I'm using everything. I'm using the good and I'm using the bad and I'm bringing it, what do you say? It works together works to get the good and the bad the good and the bad work together so when you look at something mechanical as efficient you look at the gears those gears they're not smooth wheels like you see on a on a on a car they got jagged pieces to them. Every gear has a jagged piece to it. And they work when you bring them together. And when you bring those gears together, that's where you get, come on, that's where you get the strength. And that's where you get the pull. And that's where you get, so some of those things that you've looked at as failures in your life, God's working it together. Some of those things that you've looked at as a mistake in your life, God's bringing it and letting it work together. Some of those things that you felt like was a miss in your life. Some of those things where I wish I would have said that. I wish I would have done that. Man, could I have been better at that? Oh yeah, you could, you could, but God is so great that he's going to bring even the bad decisions together so you can work them together. And then he says, for the good. For the good. Now listen, y'all. I got to confess to you, I didn't read, and I haven't read that correctly for a long time in my life. In the Ben translation, it was God brought all these things together to work for the easy. 
of my life. And every time I read it, I just put easy instead of good. And so if it wasn't easy, I felt like it wasn't good. Come on, church. We got to read the Bible the way it's been written, not the way that we want it to read. For the good. Listen. Run a marath- running a marathon is good, but it ain't easy. Right? Being married, it's good. Not easy. Come on, everybody just got quiet all of a sudden. Because some of you are single or like, no, it's good and easy. Mm. No. Eating healthy is good. Not easy. Right? Being selfless. It's good. It's not easy. Giving up your time. Right? Why is no one smiling at me? Everybody's like giving me the, okay. It's good. It's not easy. But God's causing it all to work together for your good. So here's, here it is. So God, because you've been so efficient to me and with me, I want to be efficient with what you've given me. Because God, you've been so efficient with me, I want to be efficient with what you've given me. Because God, you've been so efficient with me, I want to be efficient with what you've given me. God, I I want to use everything that you've given. Come on, church, for the good.